The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. Thanks to so many of you for writing to us and sending us your good wishes as well as your show suggestions that we really wanted to let you know that we were listening. So today, this episode is about cats. Dr. Fleck and I know we do not talk about cats enough, right, Dr. Fleck? Yes, that's absolutely correct. So here we are going to talk about all cats for this whole show. There's more cat parents than there are dog parents. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're on the right track then. We certainly are. So just so you know that June is National Adopt a Cat Month, and this is the perfect time to discuss cats, just reaffirms what we're doing. And this celebration started in 1974 by the American Humane Association. Well, to celebrate our cats in the month, we've got some great guests and some funny to morbid stories for you. We hope that you enjoy this show, which is dedicated to my babies who've passed away hamilton harrison and hayden and their breeder diane bocher from north carolina i love you all and i miss you all so very very much so dr fleck did you hear about dexter and i'm not talking the tv show no well dexter is an orange cat who is lightening up social media thanks to his unusual eating habits according to his tiktok bio so in other words this is an orange cat on tiktok and he was named after the michael c hall fictional killer from the hit series dexter ah. and he's made a name for himself through the senseless slaughter of countless cardboard boxes so basically eats cardboard boxes in one video watched over 10 million times. Dexter can be seen devouring one such box. And the owners wrote our orange cat is a cardboard connoisseur. And that was the caption that appeared on screen that read alongside the slow motion footage of their cat tackling the container. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't so funny. Well, what do you think? Well, I think the consumption of non-edible materials is common among certain species of cats, referred to by technical terms, pica. Pica, okay. It's most frequently seen among breeds, including the Burmese, the Siamese, and the Tonkinese. Well, you know, I had Siamese cats and they never ate cardboard boxes. But then again, I gave my cats plenty of stuff to play with. But yes, Dr. Flex, so I was doing some research on the topic of pica and came across this 2016 study published in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery, which really talked about how 7,000 cats that they surveyed on their feline panache for pica-like behavior. The results show that while some cats ingested some items others simply chewed them up so researchers found that pica was directed most commonly at shoelaces or threads followed by plastic fabric other items like rubber paper or cardboard or wood so it seems that cardboard is kind of at the end of the list but still cardboard tasty i don't know well, as you can imagine, cats who regularly consume inedible objects of this kind tend to suffer from serious digestive problems. Right, Dr. Fleck? Yes, they do. And of course, along that goes high vet bills for these cat owners, correct? Yes, yes it certainly does. Well, Pike of this, many fellow 
orange cat owners decided to respond to Dexter's video. So a lot of orange cat owners on TikTok shared some of the same behavior they witnessed from their four-legged or furry feline friends. And they are continuing to go on with this whole, you know, I can do it better than you or keeping up with the Dexters. Why don't we just call it that? So while these stories are kind of amusing, you know, I think some of these people really need to schedule a session with a behaviorist to solve this pet problem. You know who they should call? Beth Edelman. Our stellar cat behaviorist, resident pet expert and advisory board member here at the Pet Buzz. So why don't we just leave this topic? We'll just table it or put it in the drawer. Uh, Why don't we talk about one other thing? Oh, yeah, sure. Dental floss. Make sure you throw it away and not allow your cat to get to it. That's the most common thing that that they eat that we take out of cats. GI tract. Interesting. That's really interesting. But yeah. it's not like, do they just play with it and then eat it? I guess they were cha- attracted to it if it's flavorful. But is that really pica? Yeah, they're ingesting it. Okay. So Okay. Well, so Dr. Fleck, let's talk about today's show. Okay. So this week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about a cat who went from starving on the streets to being a do-gooder, serving in hospitals and airports. The fate of a cat whose owner died on board a boat. More bad. Talking with Beth Edelman about the perfect pet supplies for adopting a cat, what to expect at your cat's first vet visit, a continuation as Tom Brady as the cat man, and... And Cat Adoption Basics with veterinarian Dr. April Steele. She is the president and CEO of the Dumb Friends League in Denver, Colorado. Dr. Steele, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. We're always happy to have you visit with us. Such a pleasure. I'm always happy to visit with you as well. So why are there so many cats up for adoption at this time of the year? Yeah, it's super interesting. So as far as adult cats, we have a pretty steady number of animals coming to shelters, but it's kitten season. And at least in most parts of the country, we still have a very distinct season where queens are having kittens. And these are usually community cats that are unowned um, and the kittens get brought to the shelters. And so We are seeing so many kittens right now. A lot of them are really still young, so they need to be in foster and bottle fed every two hours until they can get to be six to eight weeks old and be adopted. But we we have over 400 kittens in the shelter right now. Wow. And you have a big shelter. So 400 kittens. How many cats do you have then? You know, we have about 300 other cats, so about 700 felines in the shelter right now. It's a, it's quite the time of year for our teams. Well, you know, the next time I come to Denver, I'm going to make sure that I volunteer for a day at the shelter. Volunteers are so key. We have volunteers that take these litters of kittens home and feed them every two hours, 24 hours a day. They volunteer to do this, and we have about 400 foster homes. So I guess my next question is going to be, what advice do you have for people who want to adopt a cat? It's interesting. So a lot of people want to get a cat to keep their other cat company. I counsel people to make sure they want another cat because you can't guarantee that the two cats are going to love each other. And oftentimes they just tolerate each other. 
Um, they might keep each other entertained a little bit, but they don't always bond and love one another. So you really want to want that cat and be ready for that relationship because it's for you. Let's be honest. Um, if you have an older cat and you want to get a younger cat, which is a very typical thing that we hear because, you know, people are afraid they're going to lose their pet and they don't want to be without a pet and they want the older cat to train the younger cat how to be a cool cat in the household and all of these things. Um, I recommend that you get two younger cats. And most people think, oh, you're just trying to get rid of cats. You're just trying to get me to adopt more cats. But older cats often have their routine. They have the way they like to interact in their world. And to have a young cat pounce on them and constantly play with them is super annoying. But to have two young cats that are constantly doing that together and playing with each other and chasing each other um, is actually quite entertaining for the human and the adult cat. That's great advice. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. April Steele. She is the president and CEO of the Dumb Friends League, as well as past president of many valuable pet organizations supporting pet health, wellness, and welfare, including the American Association of Feline Practitioners. So Doc April, do you think it's a good idea to learn a bit about the shelter or rescue group before visiting in order to adopt a cat? So know that the shelter is a most important serving their community first. If there are animals in the community that need help, there are cats or kittens that are homeless and need to be rehomed, that that shelter or organization accepts the animals from their very own community and creates rehoming opportunities for those animals and doesn't just bring in a bunch of animals from other communities taking home the homes that the community animals could take. Second, understand if this doesn't work out, does the shelter or rescue take the animal back? Um, will they help with any of the expenses of, of, of a veterinary care if it's a disease related to being in the shelter? Um, how do, is there behavior support? Um, can you call and ask questions? So I think those are all really important things to know. Do they vaccinate? Do they microchip? All of those things can distinguish between um, an animal that's being adopted from a shelter that's really investing in the welfare of the animal versus trying to get the adoption fee. I think that's really great advice. I think it's really important to make sure that your organization is serving the community. These are great points that you're bringing up. Okay, so I have another question. What can you expect when you visit a shelter or rescue organization to find the cat of your dreams? I think what you should be able to expect is someone who's going to sit down and speak with you and have a conversation and understand what's your lifestyle like, what's your home like, what's the intention of this relationship, right? So are you planning to have five cats that get along and, and, and are playful? Do you want an older cat that's calmer? Are you worried about... Um, other cats coming in and getting diseased, you have little kids, like all the things, because our, you know, most shelter organizations and rescues know the animals in their care pretty well. And it's all about creating a good match for people. And I want to be clear that a good match doesn't mean trying to figure out if the person's good enough for your animal. We're heading to a commercial break, but Dr. Steele will be back and we'll finish our discussion also in our next segment is Celebrity Pet Buzz. And we're talking about Tom Brady. And then, of course, we can't miss Flex Facts. 
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, we're back with Dr. April Steele of the Dumb Friends League of Denver, Colorado, discussing feline adoption basics. Dr. Steele, do you have any tips that you could share with us for the first time you engage in that meet and greet? Yeah, so the meet and greet usually happens at the shelter unless it's a rescue foster-based organization. And so keep in mind that cats, especially adult cats, uh, really feel most comfortable where they have their scent and they they have their resources. So to pick a cat up out of a kennel or a cage and bring it to another room and have you sit down with that cat, that cat's not going to be their whole true self yet. They're trying to explore that room. They're trying to make sure it's safe. They want to know where the resources are. Um, so ideally, um, and, and for many cats, this is possible, it's ideally to have cats in some sort of a colony room where the, the doctor can actually go into the room that's comfortable for the cat and, and get to know the cat in that, in that space and actually see the cat interact with other cats. That's not always possible depending on the facility. Um, so just know that when you're meeting a cat, you're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of that cat's personality and that that cat's going to bloom over time. You kind of touched on my next question um, in the beginning of this interview. So if you decide you want to adopt two cats, is it better to adopt a bonded pair than two individual cats who may not have never met each other before? So the bonded pair question is such a fun one. Um, We get cats brought to us frequently. We receive often 30 cats in a day. So we get a lot of cats. And if And a lot of people feel like the cats are bonded pairs. They tell us they're bonded pairs. They say they have to be adopted together. And then our behavior experts observe their behavior together. And those cats want nothing more than to get away from each other. So it's super interesting to watch this. And there are such things as bonded pairs. They're usually siblings or animals that were together when they were very young. And so um, when a bonded pair does come in, we do adopt them together. And it's wonderful. What a great way to start off a a relationship with two cats that already get along and have figured out how they relate with one another. On top of that, it's wonderful for the shelter because cats that are bonded pairs are harder to adopt. A lot of people come in for a cat. And if you're really looking for two cats, finding bonded pairs would be amazing. Right. So why is it important to find out as much about the cats, including medical, their medical health before adopting them? Yeah. So most cats... Um, hopefully we get a little bit of history with them when they come to us and we want to use every piece of information we get from the previous owner to set them up for success. Now that's not true with stray cats. We are learning about them all as we go along, but for cats that are are turned into us when people can't have them anymore, um, we get to understand more about their history. So 
if there is dental disease, you know, and shelters like the Dumb Friends League, we're able to treat that before we put the cat up for adoption, but many shelters don't have the resources to do that. And you know, you're going to be entering into a significant medical bill right off the bat because dental disease is a serious condition in cats and it's painful and it causes infection, which can affect other organs. So, you know, you might be looking at six to $1,200 just to get that address. And if you can't do that, then that cat's gonna suffer in your home and nobody wants that. Um, also knowing if the cat has had significant allergies or other chronic disease helps the pet owner understand what the investment is going to be financially and just the time and effort. Lastly, any words of advice? You know, most people don't understand that cats are vertical creatures. They love vertical spaces. So when you bring them into your home, Make sure that you're not just thinking on the horizontal, the flat, think vertically, and that's going to set you up for success for the cats to get along with one another and love them and enjoy them. They're incredible creatures. Great advice. Well, Dr. Steele, thank you so much for actually spending time with me today. Before you go, can you share your website so we can learn more about you as well as your organization and cat adoption? Absolutely. Our website is ddfl.org. Great. Well, just to remind you, that was veterinarian Dr. April Steele, president and CEO of the Dumb Friends League, discussing some feline adoption basics. Well, cat lovers, you're going to love this. Celebrity Pet Buzz is all about cats this week. And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? Well, you know, back in February, Celebrity Pet Buzz covered Ashley Bragg, wife of Buccaneers player Logan Ryan, who encouraged Tom Brady to volunteer at the Humane Society of Tampa Bay with his children. While volunteering, Brady's daughter Vivian became smitten with two Siamese mixed cats. So what did he do like any good dad? To keep his daughter happy, he adopted them. In an exclusive interview recently with People, Brady was surprised to find out that he really is a cat person. He didn't know this until his daughter told him to give cats a chance. He noted that Vivian especially was smitten with the feline friends and is already campaigning for more pets. Well, he also mentioned that since his daughter seems to get her way all the time, what does that say about what kind of dad he is? Brady implied that there'll be a few more additions to the family. So all I have to say about that is meow. Time for Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? Well, since it is Adopt-A-Cat Month, we're, we need to talk about medical concerns that pet parents should have after adopting a cat. Now, that's a really good topic. So, once you get your newly adopted pet home and start to get them settled, it's time to get them in for a wellness exam at the vet. Ideally, this happens within the first week of coming home. But knowing me, I'd probably go from the adoption place <laughs> to the vet right away, right? Yeah, and, I, and actually, it's better to wait for a little bit before you go in so that the questions that the vet asks, you'll be able to respond to how is the cat Adapting. to your place. Yeah. Okay, so um, talk about what to expect at your first vet well, visit. Well, you know, at the first visit, uh, it's different than future visits because 
your vet will take time to get to know you, your pet's medical history, do more thorough examination to help establish your adopted pet's normal and discuss ways to keep them healthy. Okay. So your vet should review medical records, especially if it comes from a shelter, give a thorough examination, discuss your lifestyle, discuss parasite prevention, diagnostic testing, and of course, vaccination. And you mean definitely you should bring a stool sample for that diagnostic testing, correct? That's certainly part of what you should do on the first visit. That's great. Okay, so let's talk about an adult cat first. Well, an adult cat. Your your vet might like to talk to you about oral care. Oh, that's great. Might also perform more diagnostic tests that depend on your pet's age, health status, medications that might be on. Additionally, your vet may recommend additional blood or urine diagnostic testing. Okay. Now, what about a kitten? A kitty. Love the kitties. The first kitten visit is a great time to start desensitizing them to their carrier and helping them have a positive experience at the vet practice. You know, I'm really glad that you mentioned Mm -hmm. that carrier visit because it's one of the reasons people always use it as an excuse not to come to the vet because they can't get their cat in the carrier, correct? That is absolutely correct. And when they get them to the veterinary office, they can't get them out of the carrier. And then we can't get them back into the carrier. Sure. So they need to work with that at home. So talk about the kitten-specific items. Well, vaccines, uh, depending upon your kitten's age, uh, that will depend on how many rounds of shots they're, they're going to receive as kitties. Generally, they should receive shots at 8 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. They should be getting the feline panleukopenia, which is equivalent to a December. So panleukopenia rhinotracheitis, Khaleesi virus. They should also be getting the feline leukemia. And when they're 16 weeks, they'll be getting the rabies vaccine. Generally a a series of three shots, eight, 12, 16 weeks. Okay, well, your reporting will definitely help potential cat and kitten owners. So up next, I bet you can't wait for my likey of the week. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Want to know the latest and the greatest cat products? Well, I'm going to tell you. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. Well, fleas and ticks are not just a dog problem, but a cat problem, too. Those parasites pose animal and human health risks because they suck your pet's blood, they suck human blood, and they can very easily transmit diseases. And that's why it's critical to protect your pets. Actispot 2, a topical, kills fleas, flea eggs, and larvae. It's waterproof. It helps protect your environment, and it costs a lot less and works just as well as any of the leading veterinary products. You know, the ones that you buy at your veterinarian. So 
Additionally, it helps prevent your feline from contracting flea dermatitis, which causes her to scratch due to biting fleas, and she could possibly end up getting a skin infection. Offered in two weight choices, all you have to do is obviously select the right weight class box, cut open one of the tubes from the six-month supply, apply the liquid from the base of your cat's neck to the base of her tail, and voila! It's just that easy to protect your pet from pesky parasites. So to learn more about ActiSpot 2, check out tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A-P-E-T.com. Well, it seems as if our next guest is on the phone. So let me introduce the segment. Bringing home a new cat is an exciting time for the family. They provide laughter, companionship, and even teach us little ones about responsibility. However, preparing your home for a kitty can bring about some uncertainties as well as renovations to ensure your cat is well taken care of and comfortable in your new home. So joining us today is our resident certified feline behaviorist, Beth Edelman. Thanks, Beth, for joining us today. We're always happy to have you join us and give us the 411 about cats, especially when you're talking about everything you need to know to bring a new cat or kitten into your life. Thanks so much for having me. I've had a best prep. So the first thing you need to understand is that your life changes when you bring a cat into the house. Um, You have a lot more responsibility. There's that kind of idea that cats sort of take care of themselves and they sort of don't. Um, They really need you. And there's gonna be different prep if you're bringing home a kitten or an adult. Kittens need a lot more work. And also if you're bringing home a very shy cat or a very social and gregarious cat, and you'll know that because you've met them before. So it's it's about understanding that your life is changing, understanding you know that you have extra responsibility and getting ready for that. You know, I always think while you're thinking about getting a cat and the whole family's talking about it, it's not really real until you get that approval. So how best do you prep your family, especially if you have children for a new family member? Well, you know, when you're talking about a cat, you're saying, oh, it's going to be so much fun. He's going to be so cute. He's going to sleep with me. He's going to sleep over here. He's going to play with me. You also need to talk about who's going to scoop the litter box, Mm. who's going to feed him, who's going to clean the litter box, who's going to change the water every day. So some of it is about saying everybody's got some chores Mm -hmm. and understanding what those chores are and everybody agreeing that they're going to do those chores. And also, you know, if you don't make your bed one day, it's like, annoying, but no big deal. If you don't feed the cat one day, that's a disaster. It is a big deal. And so everybody has to understand that these are different kinds of chores. But the other thing I want to say is that when you're the adult in the house, when the kids have responsibilities, you can't just say, hey, if you don't feed the cat, the cat's not going to get fed because that's not fair. So when you're the grown up, you still need to supervise. Right. So you're really not getting a cat for the kids, you're getting a cat for the family with you being the one responsible. And also I would think there were discussions about how to hold the cat, not to torment the cat based on the age of your kids, correct? And I think that that's really important. And the thing that I always talk to kids about, and this is kids of any age from little toddlers to teenagers and young adults, the thing to remember with all animals is that animals need to have a choice about when and where they're touched. 
And that's the same with us humans. And we teach kids that all the time, you know, sort of good touch, bad touch, the touch you welcome, like a hug from a friend versus the touch you don't welcome. And you have to really impress upon your kids, even older kids, that even though pets are small enough to be picked up, you shouldn't pick them up. That touching, when they get touched and when they get held and when they get smushed, that that has to be their choice. That's the number one thing for making your cat feel comfortable and for making sure that the relationship between the humans and the cats in your home is a good one. And I think these conversations are great because you have to make sure that you are all on the same page. Well, if you've just joined us, I'm talking to Beth Edelman, our resident cat expert, about what you need to do in advance when adopting a cat from a shelter or a rescue organization. Beth, um, do you need to make any modifications to your home before that new kitty arrives? Oh my goodness, yes. You know, Pinch, who I was just holding up, uh, we foster kittens. And when we foster kittens, we spend about an hour kitten proofing before we bring them in. So kittens, when they're this big, can get into a space that big. They really smush in and they can get stuck behind bookshelves and all kinds of things and really get hurt, get scared, get stuck, get hurt. Um, So you need to block off all those little spaces. You can roll up towels and just stick them in there until the cats get a little bit bigger. All cats will chew on things too. So you need to be careful about um, those nests of cords that you have around your power strips, stuff like that, because cats will chew on them. And you'll see cats have different preferences. When you bring the cat in, you'll see if they're a chewer or not. But you need to be ready for that so that you don't accidentally like electrocute the cat or the cat doesn't accidentally set your house on fire because they're chewing on electrical cords. So it's it's blocking little spaces and protecting things uh, that can be chewed on to their detriment. And also um, food. You need to make sure that that all the food is put away. You can't, if you're the sort of person who likes to like, leave the bread unwrapped on the, on the counter. You can't do that anymore. (laughs) Uh, You know, so much preparation, you know, it's really interesting. I read a story maybe about six or seven months ago about a couple who had moved. They had put their cats in one room so the cats would get acquainted and also safe from the moving men and all the hubbub of moving into a new house. And they went to go check on the cats one morning and the cats were gone. The door had been closed. They had gone in there once or twice during the day. But in the evening, maybe their last visit was seven o'clock and the cats just completely disappeared. They freaked out. They checked the windows and it took them about two days. But the cats had managed to open the air ducts that were based on the floor. The heating Mm -hmm. and cooling system was in the floor and they had managed to get into the air ducts and they had to get them out. That took another day and a half. Ah, and that's terrifying for the cats and terrifying for the humans, too. It's actually scary, especially kittens. I mean, I've had kittens really like smush into spaces this big, you know, so you really need to be careful. Need to be careful. OK, um, if I get a cat again, which I'm sure I will, the first thing I'm going to do before I even think about looking for a cat is I'm going to build a catio so that my cat can stay inside as well as go outside without getting harmed by any wildlife, as well as not attacking the birds. So I think a catio is a great thing. You can buy them, but it's so much more fun if you build one, right? Oh, I love a catio. And a catio 
this is just screened in porch, you know? So if you live in a place with a lot of mosquitoes and like, is there any place left that doesn't have a lot of mosquitoes? You Not want really. a screened in porch anyway. You can hang out in the catio with your cats. I think it's great. Well, we need to take a commercial break and then we'll finish our conversation with author and certified feline behaviorist, Beth Edelman. And we're talking about what you need for your new furry family member when you bring that kitty or cat home. Also up next is Global Pet News. And of course, my fave, tell me something good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Well, we're back with author and certified feline behaviorist Beth Edelman discussing bringing home a new adopted cat as an addition to the family. So, Beth, should we schedule a vet visit immediately to ensure our new baby is healthy and to address any potential issues that maybe might affect the cat's health, but our health too? I think that's such a great idea. You know, no matter where you get the cat from, they are doing their best to keep their cats and kittens healthy. They are. It's not like, ugh. But, but things get by. Any kind of rescue group, even a breeder, they're caring for a lot of cats. And illnesses also sometimes don't show up until days after the cat has actually been exposed. And so I do think it's a great idea to get a checkup. Make sure you bring a fecal sample because that's how they detect parasites is by looking at the feces. So you can just scoop something out of the litter box, throw it in a little container that you don't want back (laughs) and bring it to the vet. And I, you know, it also gives you a chance to get to know the vet and the vet to get to know your cat so that you guys can feel good about each other. Um, And make sure that when you go to the vet with your cat, that the vet gives the cat lots and lots of treats and the vet techs all play with the cat so the cat doesn't think that the vet's a scary place to be. That's a great idea. You know, one of the things I have always, I have been fortunate that I have not gotten it, but I know many people have adopted a cat and within, I'm going to say probably a week, numerous members of their house have ringworm. So it's important to understand that 
having regular vet visits is very important because there are zoonotic diseases and you want to make sure that your cat stays healthy so that you and your family can stay healthy and vice versa. What supplies do you need for a cat or a kitten? And should you have everything set up before you bring the cat into, I guess, your forever home? Any strategic advice about where to put things? Yes. Well, so first of all, you need the supplies. You got to have them before you bring the cat home. And we all know that we need a litter box. Okay. Where is the cat going to pee if we don't have a litter box set up before they come home and food dishes. But I want to really emphasize scratching post as well. You need a tall, sturdy, sturdy scratching post before you bring the cat home. And the reason for that is on day one, the cat's going to start scratching to just mark out their territory. And if on day one, they start scratching your couch, then on day five, when you bring the scratching post home, they're already scratching your couch. <laughs> so you need to have that scratching post in place before they come home. I just want to emphasize that. Um, so I would say litter boxes in places and you need more than one because the cat doesn't know your house, especially if you have a multi-story house, at least one on every floor. Litter boxes in places that are easy for the cat to find. So not hidden away in the back of the closet because they're just going to wake up in the middle of the night and say, I don't remember where the bathroom is. I'm just going to go on this pillow over here. Um, so oh. litter boxes in places that are easy to find and scratching poses in places that are strategic, like the corner of the couch. So cats like scratching poses, posts in places that are strategic in the room and that are populated, you know, so scratching posts in the basement, not going to get used. So corner near the couch, entrance to the living room, those kinds of things. And a cat tree, right? And a cat tree. And a cat tree. And a cat tree is really nice by the window because then it 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 makes a really nice sort of sunny look out at the birds kind of perch. It's like the best place to watch cat TV. Okay. Last question. Most important question. Let's talk about bonding with our new kitty boo. So how best can we do this and what considerations do we need to be aware of? So I, I love that question. And the first thing you need to do goes back to what I said before about letting the cat decide when and where they're going to be touched. So it's about letting the cat come to you. I love the idea of sitting down on the floor and playing with a toy, something with a stick and a long string, playing with a toy, sort of casting it like you're casting for fish and letting the cat come to you. So the first thing the cat's doing then is playing with you. Wow, that's so much fun. I love you. You know, and the other thing is feeding them. So you can also, you can take cat treats and just skitter them along the floor. You don't want to throw them because it feels like you're throwing something at the cat, but some skitter, some cat treats along the floor, make the treats fun, kind of it's a game. And um, also food. So feeding the cat. So this is why I really recommend that, especially with a new cat, that you make regular meal times so that the cat begins to understand that the food comes from you. With free feeding, it's not so obvious and the bond doesn't develop as quickly. So frequent meal times, always call the cat, say the cat's name so that they learn their name. Hey, sweetie, here's your food. And so the cat learns, wow, the humans play with me. They give me food and they don't just glom all over me when I don't want to be bothered. Right. So I think those are the three things that make you instantly lovable. I like that. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate having you here. Before you go, can you give us your website where we can learn more about you and your cat behavior practice? So it's bethadelman.wixsite.com backslash cat behavior. 
Great. Well, just to remind you, that was Pet Buzz, one of our new advisory board members, Beth Edelman, who is an author and a certified feline behaviorist. She was joining us to discuss how to best prep yourself, your family, and your home for an adoptable cat for his or her forever home. Really important stuff, Beth says, like she always does. So that's why we love having her here. Thank you so much. It's a cat planet, but we only live here. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. An unusual animal rescue played out on the Florida coast where a terrified cat was found living on a boat with the body of its owner. It happened in Stewart, Florida. While the cat refused to leave its home, even after the body was removed from the sailboat. Unfortunately, the man was deceased more than a week before his body was discovered. Well, when detectives from the Stewart Police Department removed the man's body, they realized the terrified pet was unwilling to be taken off the boat. Investigators did not reveal where the cat was hiding on the boat, but noted animal control officers had to slip into protective jumpsuits For the search, they also had to protect their faces, so they used face masks. The gray cat was located after a brief search on the boat and put in a cage for transport. The cat was taken to the Humane Society of the Treasure Coast. What will happen to him if no family members come forth to claim him? The cat will be put up for adoption. Now, this is not the greatest story. It's actually kind of a morbid story, but this is something that goes on. So if you are living by yourself and you happen to be an elderly person, it's really a good idea to have a friend that you can call and leave a message for every day, because a lot of times this happens not only with um seniors that are male or female, but even young people too. So this way we know for sure that that cat is protected and is taken care of, but it's always a good, if you're living alone with an animal, have a buddy that you can call every day just to check in, especially if you are older and you're health compromised. Very, very important. Well, it's time to end the show on a good note. So let me give you cat owners some feline therapy. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something A one stray cat rescued by a shelter and adopted by a loving family is now helping humans at a California airport. Duke Ellington Morris. Now, you know who he's named after the jazz great. This cat is 14 years old. He's a black and white, a tuxedo. He became the first feline to join the San Francisco International Airport's SFO team of therapy animals known as the WAG Brigade at the end of May. In 2010, Duke was rescued from the streets of San Francisco, where he was found starving, living in a feral colony of other unhealthy cats, and it was brought to the San Francisco Animal Care and Control. There, a five-year-old little girl spotted the tuxedo cat and her family 
quickly took him home. Duke's humans were quickly impressed that he was so calm and had such a warm demeanor that they got him certified as a therapy animal through the San Francisco Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, Animal Assisted Therapy Program. This special kitty has been working as an animal therapist for the past decade by visiting patients in hospitals all over the city to comfort them in these really difficult trying times. Now he'll also be helping airport visitors relieve travel-related stress as he joins the motley crew of SFO therapy animals, which include several dogs as well as a rabbit named Alex the Great and a pig named Lilu, who are each certified and tested therapy animals. You know, the non-human therapists walk around the airport's terminals wearing pet me vest as a way to comfort anxious travelers. So if you're flying through the SFO airport, look out for Duke and tell him great work. Well, it's that time. Did you hear the bell, Dr. Fleck? Again? Again. I know. It always goes by so quickly. Ah. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about diversity amongst our fellow dogs and a state-by-state moving guide for pets. Wow, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Dr. Fleck, would you be so kind as to thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests. Dr. April Steele and Beth Edelman. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Just so you know, if you go to the EpiPet site, that's E-P-I hyphen P-E-T, that's EpiPet.com, and you buy any of the products, if you put in the code, the pet buzz, you'll get 25% off anything you buy. That's a great deal. Great bargain. And if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week on the show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember that we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.